1: Everybody has their own unique story to tell. Everybody has their own unique journey. And if we don't share those gifts, then what good is it inside of you? If you're a person who's looking to have more purpose
0: in your life, if you're saying to yourself, I don't wanna just go to work. I wanna do my life's work. This is the show. This is the show, Don't Keep Your Day Job. How do you figure out how to take your passion and turn it into a profit? This episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job is brought to you by Blue Apron. When it comes to dinner, let Blue Apron take care of the planning and shopping while you do the cooking and the eating. Blue Apron is treating my listeners to their first three meals free if you visit blueapron.com slash dreamjob. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free at blueapron.com slash dreamjob. Thanks to Rothy's for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Go get yourself a pair today with free shipping, rothys.com slash dreamjob. Get this deal while it lasts. That's rothys.com slash dreamjob. Thanks to Slack for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Slack is a collaboration hub for work that makes sure the right people in your team are always in the loop and key information is always at their fingertips. You can learn more at slack.com. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. How have you guys been? So last week I was telling you that I was having a rough week and you know what I did? I decided to do something about it. And so a few days ago, I made an appointment to go get some acupuncture and a massage. Can you believe it? And actually when I called to make the acupuncture appointment, my acupuncturist was like, Kath, you haven't been here in five years. I was like, oh my God, that's Five years too long. I can't believe sometimes how we take our own sort of well being and any kind of self care or any time for ourselves. And it's like the first thing that gets taken off the to do list. And I find in my life that there are moments where I just get sick of hearing myself complaining about something and I'm ready for a breakthrough. Are you with me? Like, do you ever have a moment where you're like, I don't want to talk about this anymore? I want to do something different. I want a different result. And so I really looked at this and I realized that sometimes it's really the worst thing that I could be doing for my kids or for my marriage to be putting off taking care of myself. What winds up happening is I start resenting my husband. I start being overwhelmed and depleted. I have no energy every day, like 430 in the afternoon. I'm feeling like I need to have some sugar because I'm feeling so exhausted. And this is not how I want to just continue week after week to live my life. So I wanted to make a change. And so over the last few days, I've been doing a little bit better. I've been working out. I've been doing stuff for myself. And I, I'm amazed at how I just allow so much time to go by without doing it. And I think it's because there's so much guilt. Like I have this deep seated belief that if I, you know, voluntarily go spend a couple hours taking care of myself, then somehow I'm letting somebody else down or I shouldn't really do that. I should put my kids first or I should put my work first or whatever it is, but you're better at everything when your tank is full, right? So I'm speaking to myself, but I'm also hoping that this is encouraging to everybody because it really is so essential. And that's why I love the episode last week with Lily Petit, because doing that breath work is something that I find extremely helpful. And I hope that you guys found that interesting. So there's something exciting that I have going on, and I wanted to tell you what it is. So I'm doing a three and a half week live workshop in Los Angeles and I'm inviting you guys to come. And I made it super, super affordable so that if you're here, you can come. So it's going to be seven sessions and I'm basically going to be sharing with you what I am sharing, what I'm working on, what I am writing in my book. And so I decided, you know, this is going to be win-win because instead of sitting by myself, like writing on my laptop, I know that it's really going to come to life Because when I'm standing in front of you and I'm looking at you and I see your eyes, I'm going to know what I really need to say and what really has to be in this book. And so I want to share this with you and I want everyone to be able to come. So each session is going to be two and a half hours and it's going to be $25 a session. And I rented this beautiful theater and we can hang out and you guys can come to each session. So if you did every single session, it'd be like 150 bucks for the whole seven sessions. If you just want to come to one of the sessions, it'll be 25 bucks a pop. I'll be covering different topics like finding your true superpower, overcoming your limiting mindsets, cultivating the confidence to know that you're enough, outreach, building your tribe, and a lot more. We'll definitely have time for Q&As and a chance to chat and connect. You can find out all the specific dates, times, and details about buying tickets if you go to don'tkeepyourdayjob.com workshop, and we'll have that link in the show notes on iTunes and on our website, don'tkeepyourdayjob.com workshop. So go ahead, check it out. I just want to thank you ahead of time for being this amazing, awesome community and giving me this platform and helping me do things that's changing lives. Honestly, I wouldn't be writing this book if it wasn't for you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of books, today's guest actually has a gorgeous book of her own, which we're definitely going to talk about. Her name is Amy Tangerine. She's so cool and I'm so happy she's here. You're going to love her. She's an award-winning designer and founder of the popular handcrafted t-shirt line, Amy Tangerine. Her collections were featured in hundreds, of retail outlets, so you might have seen them in Bloomingdale's, Neiman Marcus, and Barney's New York, among others. In 2007, her business expanded to scrapbooking, which has taken her all over the world. She also does creative collaborations ranging from custom scrapbooks to celebrity events to consulting services. And guys, the scrapbooking work she does, from the hand lettering to the design to the little cutouts she makes, it's all unbelievable. So if that wasn't enough, she also has a YouTube channel, a blog, and she wrote a book. It's called Craft a life you love, infusing creativity, fun, and intention into your everyday. And it's absolutely beautiful. So, in line with everything that we talk about, Amy's book helps readers to find their flow, maintain a positive mindset, and cultivate a rich and fulfilling life by focusing on what really matters. It's kind of part memoir, it's kind of part journal. It's filled with fun exercises that are going to spark your creativity and just get you thinking about how to be more mindful of enjoying this one precious life you have. So, I definitely recommend you go buy it and check her out. She is so awesome. Now, before we welcome Amy, let's just say a quick thanks to one of our sponsors. This episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job is brought to you by Blue Apron, a better way to cook. You guys, it is a better way to cook. You know why? Because I have three little kids and I'm working. And the last thing I want to do every night is have to have that conversation about what are we going to make? What are the kids going to like? So when the Blue Apron box comes to the door, it's great. My kids get to be involved. It takes all the guesswork out. I just... And it's fun, you know, it's something fun. It's an activity that I can do with them. So we recently just made the vegetable and udon noodle stir fry. My kids love udon. And guess what? Blue Apron is teaming up with best-selling cookbook author Chrissy Teigen now. They're gonna bring you some of her favorite recipes to make at home. So get ready for six weeks of wildly fun, flavorful cooking recipes like garlic and soy glazed shrimp with charred broccoli and hot green pepper sauce and sesame chicken noodles with bok choy. Did I mention you don't have to step foot in the grocery store? Because I'm telling you, going in the grocery store with three kids, it's really a nightmare. Honestly, like Blue Apron is like saving my life because I don't want to have to go to the grocery store with my three kids. So I want you guys to check out this week's menu because guess what? You're going to get your first three meals free at blueapron.com slash dreamjob. That's blueapron.com slash dreamjob to get your first three meals free. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay, without further ado, the awesome Amy Tangerine. I'm so excited because Amy is here and I met you at Lori Harder's book launch luncheon. Book launch luncheon, say that four times. And I was sitting next to you and I felt like that was for a reason because you're seriously one of the most delightful people there could be. I feel the same way about you. So thank you. I can't believe that. But anyway, so thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. So tell us a little about your whole journey. Let's let's where did this start? you're sewing, you're crafting, you're scrapbooking. And so how did you get from there to here? Yeah.
1: So I grew up as an only child from immigrant parents who came here from India, and they had this spirit about them that promoted hard work, but also this idea that happiness is what you're trying to achieve in life. So as an only child growing up though, I found myself bored a lot. So I would say to them, hey, can I have a friend over? Can I do this or whatever? And they would say, no, just go do something, go make something. And we would have these weekend projects where I would make something with my mom or my dad. We would tie dye t-shirts, we would make friendship bracelets, you know, all those kind of crafts that you grew up with. We did those things. And I just love that time spent with both my parents and then also diving into something that you could take and make it into something that you would actually wear and share with your friends and give to people. And it was just such a pleasure seeing people light up when you've told them that you made it. It carried on through high school where my senior year, I decided to take the elective sewing and I decided to learn how to sew. It was about two months later that I said, okay, well, I want to make my prom dress because I couldn't find something that I could afford. So I went to the fabric store, bought two different patterns, bought the fabric that I wanted and made it. It took me about a month to make. And then I only applied to two colleges and I only got into Georgia Tech. And there was a major called industrial design that I thought I would try and see how I liked it. But these classes were so challenging for me. And I would spend eight hours on a project. And I would come huh. to class for critique. And I would get a C plus or a B minus, And there'd be all these fantastic projects from everybody else that they're like, oh, yeah, that took me an hour. And I'm just sitting here so defeated. And so I realized that fashion was really something that I should probably pursue because I was good at that. And I transferred to the small school to study fashion design and marketing. And I realized that I had the ability to get part-time jobs. So I was interning at a modeling agency and answering phones, and then I was working as a hostess at a restaurant. And while I was answering phones for the modeling agency, a photographer kept coming into the agency, and he said one day, hey, have you ever thought about being a stylist? And I was like, no, what's that? And he's like, basically, you get to dress models for photo shoots. So you get to pick and choose what they wear, and we can do a photo shoot if you want where... Nobody gets paid, but we would get the film back and use it for our portfolios. Yeah. And I thought, okay, yeah, sure. And he's like, okay, do you have a location in mind or what's your vision? And I was like, I can ask the restaurant that I work at because we're closed from two to five to see if we can shoot during that period. That's so industrious of you. That's so cool. <laughs> well, this this gorgeous restaurant and, you know, nobody was there in the afternoon. No customers came in. And so I just thought, why not try shooting there? And so I envisioned this photo shoot we chose models from elite model management and we did the shoot. And after we got the film back, elite saw it and they signed me immediately. So you never know what kind of opportunities are out there when you're willing to say yes, when you're willing to take a chance, especially when somebody who looks at you and says, Hey, you know what? You could really try this. And your willingness to give it a shot takes over.
0: There's also this whole point about how you were trying and trying and trying at Georgia Tech. And you were not succeeding. And I feel like this is an important piece of being in alignment, and you used that word before, but we have to be humble enough to let go of our precious ego and say, if this really isn't working and I'm really giving it my all, then it's actually a blessing because it's showing me that this is maybe not the thing that I'm supposed to do. This is someone else's work. So you get signed to Elite Management as a model or as a stylist? Stylist. Okay, as a stylist. And then you went on to do what after that?
1: I was still producing photo shoots, and I wanted to make these arm warmers for these outdoor shoots so that I could basically be warm while I was still pinning the clothing on the models. And so I asked my mom to teach (laughs) me how to... Uh, Crochet and I made these arm warmers, wore them into a store opening party. The owners loved them and they said, Where did you get those? And I said, I made them and they wanted to order them for the store. It was such a crazy chain of events, you know, because I literally sold a pair out of the bag and then three hours later they called me and they said, You're going to think we're crazy, but we've sold out of half of them and we need more. Then Lucky Magazine picked up the story, Women's Wear Daily, and it kind of just blossomed from there, and I was in about a handful of stores, mostly around Atlanta. And because I was still styling, I had these relationships with the apparel mart and, you know, going to all these places where I'd be wearing the things that I was making. And so in the spring, they asked me what I wanted to make next. And I said, I don't know, let's do tank tops. So I hand embroidered these flowers on tank tops. They're all one of a kind. We wholesale them for $50, and the stores sold them for $110. Oh, my God. Fast forward a few months. Um, I'm in New York doing a styling gig for the music industry. And the A&R guy goes, hey, I'm going out to L.A. And I think that my friend who owns who has a store there would love it. Um, do you have a couple samples I can take him? And I was like, sure. Well, the store turned out to be Fred Siegel. John Ashaya, the buyer, was his friend. So he took him the samples. And oh John was God. like, sure, I'll buy 20. I'll order 20. So, uh, you know... At that time, getting a thousand dollar check for something that you're able to make with your hands was just something huge. I mean, I was 22 years old, so we actually flew out there about a week and a half after they had the tank tops, and they ended up only having three left. It's
0: so (laughs) fun. I love this story. Okay, so then what happened?
1: So then I get a call from a store a few months later saying, Amy, did you see Glamour magazine? You have to go get it right now. Cindy Crawford is wearing one of your tank tops. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And she was working out in my $110 tank top. She was doing leg lifts and it was a paparazzi shot. So there's no mention of Amy Tangerine or anything, but it was so great to see. I mean, how cool is that? It's very cool. <laughs> she could wear anything.
0: She can afford anything. And you're like 20 something years old. Like this is,
1: yeah, yes, yeah, it's happening. Yeah. So, so then, then what happened? I, you know, I talked to a few mentors and people in the industry and they said, you really should take this to the next level. You should do a trade show. You should pursue this a little bit more full time. And so I did that. I took a chance and I went to New York and I did a trade show. It was a huge investment, $10,000, and I just thought, you know, if I get $20,000 worth of orders, I'll be happy. And it's a 4-day trade show and that happened on the first day. So, yeah, it was and pretty were you there crazy. With the
0: tank tops or other Yeah, things? a
1: whole collection of upcycled shirts for women that were basically hand-stitched with this reverse applique technique with these very positive words on the front. So like, hope, bliss, love, just very uplifting t-shirts that were handmade. We were just making it up as we go. I mean, I was still working as a fashion stylist freelance. I was still, you know, hustling at the modeling agency. I think I was still working at the restaurant. You know, it wasn't like I was only doing this one thing. So then I... Actually, something bad happened where, because of all the orders that we got at the trade show, that happened in September. And then you have a January and February delivery that you have to fulfill the orders to the stores. Well, January went great. But because I was sort of a one-woman show Mm -hmm. coordinating how many hand sewers I could find to make all these goods... I messed up and I could only fulfill about half of February's orders. So I lost out on like $25,000 worth of stuff. Yeah, worth of orders. So I had a little bit of a breakdown in March. It was just too much for me to handle everything. And the one thing that somebody told me, one of my mentors, is that you can't mess up on orders because stores are using their open to buy. And you might be destroying a relationship with them for right. the future. And it was really hard on me. And um, an opportunity actually came up where the company that I was buying the t-shirts from uh, wanted me to work with them under their umbrella. And so basically what they wanted me to do is have my company under them, and I would still run it and design it with their resources. And I would design a knockoff line of mine, but mm-hmm. do screen-, screen printing for it for department stores. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And so we did that and we got it into what was then known as Riches and they eventually merged with Macy's Mm -hmm. and it was great. Um, But we were flying out to LA back and forth to do photo shoots and I was styling for the catalog and the owner said, hey, would you ever consider moving to LA? And then a couple months later I said, you remember that thing that we talked about? (laughs) How about I say yes to it? and figure it out. And they relocated me. And about a week later, while my furniture is in middle America, and I have three suitcases with me, and I'm staying at the Viceroy Hotel, he has a change of heart. And he says, Oh, you know what? Actually, I think it's a conflict of interest if you keep Amy Tangerine on the side. I think you should decide whether you want to go full force with us. Or you can just go off on your own.
0: This mm, so is that moment in the movie where the person's like, what do I do? And everyone is watching, rooting for you to take your own job and do your own thing.
1: I was so hysterically if- crying, yeah, of though. Of course. <laughs> in a hotel that I could not afford. And um, No, that's yeah. a big one. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge. But you know what? My dad told me after a lot of tears that I cried to him. He said, look, you would have never taken this move on your own and you're just lost in the right right place. And so I found this place in Santa Monica and that was within our budget. And uh, it ended up, it was great. I took a couple months off and just tried to relax a little bit and said I was going to freelance. And I got this gig for Hudson Jeans, freelance for them for a while, designed a t-shirt line, and then kicked my own thing off because I met amazing vendors through the freelancing. And an embroiderer actually was able to mimic my hand-stitching with his embroidery machines. So all we had to do was really hand-cut. Amazing. Yeah. So we, w- we would still do hand-stitching, but I revived my line and then got sales people from, you know, New York, Dallas, and we decided to do more trade shows. And then we got orders from Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom, Neiman Marcus – and about 250 boutiques all over the
0: amazing. world. Amazing! Yeah, amazing! Yeah. Oh my gosh, the story is so riveting, but we have to leave on this cliffhanger so we can just take a quick ad break. So, have you heard about this company that's making flats from recycled plastic water bottles? Okay, because they're insanely comfortable and stylish. Let me just tell you about my Rothy's. I wear these, and everyone's commenting. Oh my God, they're so cute. Where did you get those? And then I get to say the big reveal, which everybody goes I'm like, do you know that they're made from recycled plastic water bottles? People are like, what? They're amazing. You guys, you have to check these out. Rothy's shoes are stylish. They're sustainable. They're comfortable enough for you to wear every day anywhere. And the thing is that they can either be like dressed down in cash or you can wear them when you're like going to somewhere more fancy and you have to check out these shoes and then you're going to want to tell every woman, you know, I'm just saying. It's going to blow your mind that they're made from recycled plastic water bottles because they're the softest shoe you're going to put on your feet so your feet can feel good and you can feel good about wearing them. I love my Rothy's and I know you will too. So right now, Rothy's has an amazing deal for you. Go to rothys.com slash dreamjob to get free shipping, no minimum. Free shipping and free returns and exchanges on your Rothy's shoes and trust me, you will not return them. Go to rothys.com, that's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash dreamjob to get your cute shoes and free shipping. Thank you, Rothy's. Here you are, and you have so much that's gone on with scrapbooking and your own sticker line. So how did you go from clothes to all of those other products?
1: Yeah, so we had a really good, I would say, three-year run with Amy Tangerine with the T-shirts from about 2004 to 2007. Mm -hmm. And then in 2007, I noticed a decline in customers coming to trade shows. I noticed that a lot of stores weren't paying their bills on time, yeah. and I noticed a shift that was happening. But then personally, I was taking time to actually pause because at the time, I was working from the time I woke up until the time I went to bed. And so I discovered scrapbooking because I finally went into that scrapbooking store that I had driven by so many times that I would never allowed myself to go into. And I went in there, took a class, fell in love with it, mm-hmm. fell in love with the people. Then for that to come full circle, got my... What I would say, dream collaboration with American Crafts, and I designed a collection of stickers, pattern papers, scrapbooking products so for cool. them. How many years in? After you walk into that scrapbooking class, are you designing? It was thing? it was three years. So I so make it sound instant. In those instant, three years,
0: but... <laughs> yeah, well, that's the magic of storytelling. In those three years, were you? getting involved in like going to scrapbooking events and tell me what was going on. You just started to fall in love with it.
1: Yes. And I would go to events. I would go to the trade shows. I would go take classes. And I really fell in love with the community of women who took the time to pause from their busy lives Mm. and take these photographs and their memories and put them down on paper in this tangible format that they could share with others while they were doing their craft and then after they were done, they could also share it with their family for years to come.
0: There is such a mindful component about scrapbooking and documenting your life, and it is so much more purposeful and meaningful, and there's a richness and a depth to it that you were seeking and you were starting to get burnt out, and you were go, 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 and then here were all these people pausing to actually savor deeply what they were experiencing, reflect on it. So what year did you make those stickers and the papers and all those things? So
1: the designing started in 2010. In 2010. And then we released the first collection in 2011. And now we are designing the 15th collection. Oh it's crazy. So tell we us release in two detail what you make. So my collaboration with American Crafts is amazing. So they're a company based out of Utah, and if you know somebody who scrapbooks, then you know that they have heard of American Crafts. They make everything from scrapbook albums to the page protectors that you put it in, to pens and markers, and everything in between. And how did Adhesives. you meet them? Like,
0: because someone listening might be like, "That's the coolest thing ever." How would I go ahead and right. make that So make whatever that you're interested yeah.
1: in, and when you're at these events, because every kind of industry has some sort of trade show or a community event that you can go to. So I attended a trade show called CHA, and I went into the American Crafts booth, and I looked around, and they're showing all their new products, and I saw that they were doing a design team call. And the deadline was in two days. And I just said to one of the salespeople who turned out to be one of the owners, I said, Hey, I introduced myself. And I said that I would really be interested in applying for their design team. And he's like, okay, great. And I said, do you mind if I pull some samples? And he's like, absolutely not go ahead. And so he let me pull samples from the newest collection that hadn't even been released yet. And so when I put together the pages, you had to turn in two pages and I spent, you know, probably four hours on them and Turn them in. You photograph them along with an application. You're trying to get onto this design team, and at the time, I think there are about 20 people selected, probably from a pool of a thousand. I mean, I'm I'm not really sure, but um, I got picked. <laughs> and you know, it was two days before the deadline. I could have totally said to myself, "Oh, I'll just try next time." You know, there's not. I don't want to feel rushed or anything, but something in my Soul just said, Hey, just go for it. What's the worst that could happen? You could not get accepted, and you still have these two beautiful scrapbook pages to look at. So
0: cool, Amy. It's so cool. So that's when it all started. But then you really grew to be a star there.
1: Yeah, well, so I was on their design team for a couple years, and my cousin was moving out to LA from Chicago. And it was the first time we were going to drive across country. And uh, we chose Salt Lake City as our last one. And because American Crafts is based there, I said, hey, we're going to be in the neighborhood. Would you possibly have time to go to lunch or something? They're like, absolutely. We'd love to have you. You can come to the offices. We can give you a tour of the warehouse and everything. And so while we were there, before we went to lunch, we were looking at these thickers. If you're a scrapbooker, thickers are basically thick alphabet stickers. I remember looking at it and thinking, wow, this is amazing. And they had done one other collaboration with a different scrapbooker. And I said to them, hey, listen, if you ever are thinking about doing another collaboration, I'd be really interested. And they said, actually, we were thinking about asking you. And we don't know the timeline, but you know, let me run this by the team and see what we can do. And that was in June. And I got a call in Octu- uh, farther along. It was December. And they said, all right, we want you to come to Utah in January. Bring all your ideas. And it'll just be a, a one-off collection. And we'll see how it does. And it turned out that it did pretty well because I decided that I wanted to put everything that I loved into a scrapbooking collection that I hadn't seen before. Mm. I mean, you made a great point earlier when we were chatting about how, you know, there's so many people out there doing so many things, but you have to really be selective about what you want to do and where you thrive. And it turned out, I mean, when I look back on the collection now, it's very random because I have got these airplane icons and these hangar ones and all kinds of fun, but uplifting and positive sayings within them mm-hmm. so that people can use them for their everyday lives. Yeah, I,
0: it's it's also amazing. So you also teach classes all over the world. Um, you have a course, Travel Scrapbooking.
1: What do you really feel is the thing that is helping you to grow your client reach? Honestly, I don't know. (laughs) I don't really focus on that part of it because I think that I come from a more creative background who wants things to grow organically. I haven't been too methodical about it. And I think I got on Instagram in 2011 and I was basically using it for the filters. You know, your picture's a little prettier. And that was only because I wanted to print them out for scrapbooking. So I had no idea that you know I would grow my Instagram and over time down. organically and have it be a part of my stream of revenue now. Mm-hmm. But to your point about traveling around the world, so because I knew other scrapbookers who were teaching classes around the world, it's really neat because these people find this hobby that they love and pay attention to all these bloggers and people who are making things, and maybe they're not designing products, but they're on design teams creating these projects that people can get inspired from. And I think that... The opportunity and the chance to be able to travel to all these places and teach workshops was something that was so appealing to me at the time. So how
0: did that start? Somebody invited you to come? Well, yeah, because I
1: was with American Crafts at the trade show. You know, all these people started talking to me about, hey, can you come here? And that's why you have to find, no matter what your niche industry is, find out the places that people are coming to and gathering. Yeah. You never know who you're going to meet. And yeah. and it doesn't matter if they can do anything for you. That's not the point. It's just having that conversation, opening up that face-to-face dialogue is so much more valuable. I mean, had we not sat next to each other at that luncheon, you know, and we met a different way, That's I'm true. sure we'd still eventually be here, but I don't think it would have the same impact of yeah. that actual maybe human not. connection, maybe you not. know? Um, so... I know people who are listening
0: are going to want to want to understand how to like reverse engineer all this stuff. So when it comes to like launching a product or a collection online, what do you think is something that people
1: need to know? I think part of it is having a strong vision for what your end goal is. And so if your goal is, let's say, to make a certain amount of money from a course that you're going to launch, I think that you really have to... Think about what you have to offer and your network that's already available to you. I highly recommend doing some of the practices that I have in my book or just asking yourself the questions to be really clear in the direction that you want to go. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to have the path laid out, but what is your end goal? You know, with this, one of my goals for the past few years was to get 10,000 subscribers on YouTube because you can go shoot at YouTube studios for free once you get that past that threshold. And that's how I actually started my email list was I gave a freebie video series, five videos, along with a handbook that you could download for signing up for my email list. And that was how I got from, you know, maybe 1,500 emails to over 10,000. And it happened over maybe a six-month period. So it wasn't overnight, but it also because I had that built-in audience where I could say on my Instagram, hey, I'm starting a YouTube channel, and then there weren't that many scrapbookers showing their layouts and showing their process on YouTube at the time. So really find out what it is you love to do and where your heart sings and see if you can make that a part of your everyday. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's not about quitting your full-time job and doing it, but see what you can do about a side hustle. And if it's not making you any income to begin with, that's okay because it can bring you joy. So I have this weird thing that I run my collaborations through right now. And it's this three criteria that I've determined are the most important things to me. And it's the three F's. The three F's to me are freedom, fulfillment, and fun. So it has to feed one of those Mm -hmm. criteria in order for me to say yes to it. So I have a few other questions,
0: but let's hit pause to say thanks to one of our sponsors. Thanks to Slack for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Slack is a collaboration hub for work. Whatever work you do with Slack, the right people in your team are kept in the loop and the information they need is always at their fingertips. Teamwork on Slack happens in channels, letting you organize conversations and information around projects, offices and teams. And because everything you need for work is in one place, it's faster and easier to get things done. With Slack, your team is better connected. Find out more at slack.com. I love Slack. I use it with my team and you never have to go back and go, oh my God, wait, where's that attachment? It's all organized in one place. It's easy and convenient. You can drag and drop file sharing that works with all the apps you already use like Salesforce, Zendesk, and Google Drive. Plus with mobile apps for iOS and Android that sync seamlessly, you can always pick up where you left off no matter where you are. Slack, where work happens. Learn more at slack.com. That's slack.com. I feel like people have a hard time with two technical things. So one thing people struggle with is pricing. It's like, How do you know how to put a price on a product? How do you figure that out? How do you get over the guilt of charging people for making things?
1: I think it's something that you really have to look inside you for. Uh, Something that somebody told me a long time ago when I was sewing things for other people and I was charging $100 for my time, which... Amounts to about $5 an hour, so by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I loved it, I wanted the experience of actually doing it. And right. I think that I learned through doing. And if you're like that too, then and you would consider doing it for free, then do it. You right. know, try it and see how it feels. But I have also learned that you can always charge less. You can't necessarily yeah. charge more. <laughs> so if you really want to try something and you're like, hey – Um, guess what? So I wanted a, I told my friend that I would just like one scrapbooking client. And she said, actually, I know the person. Um, and they have seven kids and I still scrapbook for them to this day. Amazing people. And so I, you know, had to figure out pricing for that. But what somebody told me a long time ago was don't charge by the hour, charge by the years. Mm. So if you know that you have years, of experience or this offering that you're really talented in, then you can try to market a price around that. And I I think it's a hard thing, you know, because I still am faced with difficulty when brands approach me and I'm like, oh, what's your budget? (laughs) You know, that's another good thing. If you're looking at something, look at other things that are around that same thing. Mm Because you also have to understand the value of something that you're going to make by hand. Right. If you want to do that forever, that's great. But once you make over a hundred of them, is it going to still be fun to you? So you really have to figure out for yourself what I, works I, for you. Yeah. I mean, it's very personal. Okay.
0: I want to get into the book because there's so much good stuff in there. So this book is called Craft a Life You Love, which is like the perfect title. Um, infusing creativity, fun and intention into your everyday. So I want to go through some of the chapters and then I encourage the listeners to go and buy the book because really you bring the, the reader into the book. You're asking them questions and it's really an incredible tool, you guys, for self-discovery. I think you would have a lot of fun with it and I think that you would learn a lot about yourself. So I encourage you to take the experience of reading the book. But let's just talk about a few things. So you talk about crafting the soul. How do you craft your soul? What does that mean?
1: Oh, it is something that I wish I had the privilege of knowing about, you know, when I was younger. I think that I had been guided along the way from support from my family to always go after the things that I dreamed of doing. But if somebody had told me that you have the ability to create something that's so deep within you that you want to bring out side of yourself, of your body, and share with the world. And you can do that. You have permission to do that. Mm. If somebody gave me that permission slip years ago, I have no idea where I'd be. You know, maybe I'd be experiencing all these things even faster or be able to impact more people and give them the permission to create what is speaking to them from inside. Wow. Well, that is so meaningful to me because just yesterday
0: somebody called who saw me speak in Portland and she's like, I feel like I walked out and thought this is the permission that I've been waiting to hear that I can just try and I don't have to be perfect and I still have the permission and worthiness to show up and do this thing. And I feel like maybe that's one of the reasons why you and I connect because I think we both share that as a, a mission sort of to help people to have that permission. And everything about you elicits that. So it's really cool. Um, you also talk about mindset and how it's so important to craft the right mindset. And I love this. And I want to know what you think about that. How do you think an, uh, this audience can cultivate that mindset? And what do you think that mindset looks like? Oh gosh.
1: So if you looked inside my mind, you would see an anxious ball of 25 things spinning around. And I think that that's, uh, yeah. And, and, but that's really unfortunate because I have been so hard on myself. Inside, whereas when I meet people, they tend to say, Wow, you're just like you are on your blog, or you're just like you are on your social media. You know, I am so amazed by that. And you're like, well, I You're even more don't know- so. <laughs>
0: like, you're whatever sweet, cute, vulnerable, and down to earth and realness comes through, you're even more like that. Oh. So it's, it really is amazing that there's nothing hidden. There's no facade. There's no affect. This is really you. And that's very, you're very genuine.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um, But I think that the mindset, you know, it wasn't until I recently listened to a podcast that um, made me think. So Brooke Castillo, do you know her? All right. Yeah. So I love how she really frames the fact that you can choose your thoughts And I just think that that's so powerful because I'm so mean to myself. And maybe, I mean, in the worst, I would never say the things that I say to myself to other people. And the fact that I know that making sure that your mind is, you are at peace with the things that you choose to tell yourself is so important. And I remember coming to L.A., and making a declaration that I would just not allow negative people to become close to me. And because I would attract that energy. And then I would be like a sponge and I would soak it up and I'd find myself, you know, either complaining or taking on things that I shouldn't be taking on. And it wasn't my burden to carry, but I wanted to help people. But at the same time, I realized that their negativity was getting in the way of my positivity Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a very good balancing act for me. So having the right mindset and making sure that you're clear on how you can get there and taking the time to cultivate it is so important. I mean, it's essential. It's essential to our being. It's essential to the world. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can't even think of yourself as just like yourself and your body, your energy that you're putting out there is affecting everything. I mean, think about the state of the world that we're in right now and how things are so, I don't know, it feels so in flux to me and there's so many things that are out of my control. Right. The one thing I can control is my thoughts. Yeah,
0: it makes sense. And I have heard people say, like, we are the sum total of the five people we surround ourselves with. And so if you're around people who are not necessarily in the most positive state, I feel like we have to make that a proactive decision to prime ourselves and anticipate that we might not necessarily think the most helpful thoughts. And so we have to seek out how we will literally insert inspiration and positivity into our day otherwise what comes in Um, and you talk about how important it is to craft good habits what do you think is one thing that listeners could implement into their life that might start to be a great habit that would start to lead to all these good things
1: so i am not a morning person, but I've made myself to be probably same. through kids. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I think that if there's one thing that I, I'm sure so many of your people that you've had on have this morning routine that's essential. Yeah. And I think that that is so that has changed my life. What's yours? So mine is I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is grab my glass of water and I drink about half of it. And then I will sit there and I used to grab my phone but mm-hmm. I, I only check the time now and I just lay in stillness for, you know, sometimes it's only a minute and I lay there and then I will grab my pen and my journal and free write for about five minutes. Sometimes it's 10. Those That's a notebook that nobody sees and I just spill all my thoughts onto it. All those negative thoughts that I want to tell myself get spilled onto the page. That's good. And so, oh, and it's this. always, you know what I find myself doing too, I've trained myself to spill out a negative thought. But you have to complement it or override it with a positive one. And you have to do that first thing in the morning. Yeah, And it's amazing how my life has shifted just from that simple practice. Yeah, we and do- you don't even have to write for five minutes if you don't want to. If you don't love journaling.
0: It's so big. We had Julia Cameron on the podcast who created this movement, really, based on her book, The Artist's Way. Do you know this Of book? course. Yeah. Of course. And so one of the main tenets of The Artist's Way is this thing called morning pages, where you write three pages. You just get that stuff out. And it seems like you came to that without having read that or known about that, which is it's very, very intuitive of you. Um, and it's, it is very helpful to just let's get that out. So what do you feel like As you've sort of gone through your journey, you've worn so many hats, designer, scrapbooker, teacher, author, blogger, YouTuber. What do you feel has been the epitome of your creative expression?
1: Oh, just the freedom to follow where I want to go. I know that sounds so silly because I'm also, okay, so I have to say this because it's the first thing that came to my head. You know that dog from Up? I'm very much like that dog from Up. Squirrel. 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 Except the squirrel is not the, you know, the squirrel changes, okay? So it's not just a squirrel. It's like, oh, paint pouring. Oh, journaling. Oh, Habonichi planner. Uh, uh. All these things that I see. And I mean, I'm looking at this painting in your house. It's beautiful. And I'm like, I wonder if I can recreate that, you know? And I just think that, you know, following what lights you up is something that, so many people don't do and not enough of us are putting those gifts out there because I don't know for, I can think of hundreds of excuses, but that's where we have to inside of ourselves say, no, that's not right. I do have permission. I can do this and I can try it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it comes from, Hey, what's the worst that could happen really? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think that you have to find your flow and it takes A long time and embrace the process. I'm a very process driven person. I love creating and enjoying that process. You know, I think that there are opportunities and events where you have to focus on the end goal, but in a lot of my creations, it's just for the sake of creating. So if you can find those things that light you up and make you feel wonderful inside... I think you should just do more of those things. I mean, yeah. Martha Beck was on your show and I just laughed out loud. I was listening to it in the car and then I listened to it again on my run and I have to listen to it one more time so I can take notes because she just said, hey, you know, if you feel good about doing something, just yeah, do simple. more of that. And, you know, if you feel bad about doing something, why don't you just try doing less of that? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, really oh, simple. my gosh, I just yeah. think that's brilliant. It's and so simple. We've... Gretchen
0: Rubin was here and she said the exact same thing. She's like, you know – If something makes you happy and you liked playing cello as a kid or you liked making pottery, why don't you just do more of that? So two things, two big things. And we talk about this a lot, these two questions. And I feel like I really can never say these two things enough. And so I want to hear your take on it. So one of them is I feel like everybody I've ever met in my life, including myself, we struggle with imposter syndrome. We feel our own inadequacy and it's so hard to bear that oftentimes it shuts us down. It's the reason we don't continue playing the piano and we don't continue to try to press publish on our blog or whatever we're doing. How do you feel like people can get over that feeling that they're not enough, they're not cut out for this and they should just quit and go back to their routine?
1: I think first you have to know that you are enough. You are already enough. Once you know that, then you have this beautiful, open space to do what it is you are meant to do and what you are called to do and what you feel like doing. That's the crazy thing. It's like we do so much of our uh, routine and our everyday lives through habits, right? We just do them and it's automatic why wouldn't you want to put more things that you actually genuinely love and enjoy into that cycle? So the imposter syndrome to me is, I know that there's so many people with books out there that want to have this personal development side of it, but I didn't think that there was a book like mine speaking to the crafters out there And I could have called it Create a Life You Love, but I really wanted to make sure that people realize that it comes from a crafting background. And I know it sounds silly to people, but scrapbooking has changed my life. And I think that the typical thing that people... Think of when they think of scrapbookers is like, okay, those are old women with cats and they have, you know, nothing else to do. But that's not true. We have these beautiful lives that we're living and we can document them in such powerful and inspiring ways. And so, whatever that thing is that you want to do, just go for it. Just try it. What is the worst that could happen? You know, that I self published Craft a Life You Love first and then it got picked up by a publisher. (laughs) (laughs) So I self-published it in 2017.
0: Important detail there. Yeah,
1: sorry. I didn't didn't know if we... Yeah, so I self-published it because guess what? No publisher was knocking down my door saying, hey, will you uh, take this money and write a book? And I knew that I had something inside of me that wanted to come out. And it wasn't until I met an editor friend who said, hey, you're never going to write a book until you write a bad first draft. And after you write that bad first draft, you hand it to me. And that gave me the permission slip to just spill my story and to say, hey, I don't have to worry about how the chapter's going to look. And she helped structure it in a way that could be more than just sharing my story and inspiring people, but for other people to actually use the work and, you know, fill out the book and do the work. Do the work. I don't know how many times people are like, oh, how did you do this? Well, guess what? I did the work. <laughs> I mean, bottom line is I did the work. And, That's you know, amazing. having a great team around you of supportive people, whether they work for you or they work with you or alongside you or they're your friends. Yeah mentors. I can't express enough. There's so many valuable resources out there. There's no reason people should not be doing what
0: they love. No, I agree. And I just wanted to say something in your book. I want to also say that whenever I open your book, any page I open is powerful. Oh. So I just want to share with you guys right now, there's something in Amy's book. So she talks about how important it is to love yourself. And she says, she she asks throughout the book for you to like answer some questions. And I find that this section is so helpful. She said, what is a mistake I've made? And she gives you some room to write it down. And she then goes on to say, would I forgive a loved one if he or she made this mistake? What guilt or shame am I carrying around? And this to me, like I literally just opened up the book because we're sitting here talking and I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's anything else that I haven't covered. I'm like, this is so powerful that you put this in here. And it's really what we were just talking about. And this is the bottom line of the imposter syndrome. It's this shame. It's this, I'm not enough. It's, I can't bear it. What if I don't do it perfectly? Um, And then you say here, did I learn something from this mistake? Or did it end up serving me in some way? Because it's very possible that you won maybe you don't win or lose maybe you win or you win maybe every time you make something you're winning because you're learning and you're discovering and you're allowing yourself to not be perfect which is so much the whole thing so i'm so impressed with your insight and this book is so beautiful the last thing i wanted to cover which is the other sort of seminal thing that goes along with the imposter syndrome that's a big impediment for people i want to know your take on it Often people will say, what is the point for me to start my own podcast? Or why even bother having my own pie shop? There's already 1500 other people with a pie shop. Is there room for somebody? Is there room when things have already been done?
1: What would you say to that person who feels like the market is already very saturated? Oh my goodness, there's so much room. There is so much room and it's so necessary that people share their gifts. Everybody has their own unique story to tell. Everybody has their own unique journey. And if we don't share those gifts, then what good is it inside of you? I appreciate that you have this podcast because I have listened to so many episodes, um, since I met you, by That's the way. So I'm one of those that crazy, like, stalker me. people who's just in the car. Okay. Which one should I, have, you know, listen to next? And I just get so excited. I've listened to a few of them multiple times, but I think that what if you didn't do that? What if you didn't share that gift? What if you listeners did not have this opportunity oh. to connect with all the people that you've had on your show? I mean, of course there's room. I mean, I'm actually thinking about starting a podcast, but I think only, you <laughs> only because I feel like it's so daunting to make a video that there are so many times that I think of something and I'm You're like, oh, I should just podcaster. record <laughs> it. You guys,
0: you would listen to her podcast, right? She's amazing. You have so much to say. You're literally brimming with enthusiasm and passion and empathy. That's, that's thank you. So, you care so much. It's so it makes so much sense why you love scrapbooking and why you connect all of these moms and women and people who want to like look at their life. And I love what you just said.
1: And you meant it. There is so much room. There's there so is. much room. And guess what? What are you gonna do? Say, oh well, I'm not gonna take a picture of my child because there's so many other people who could take a better picture. No, you're gonna take that picture of your child. I don't know why that is so difficult for people to understand that you can only do, I think there's a quote in here that I, I, I'm i thinking of. So the quote is, believe in yourself, let yourself be yourself. That's the quote, right? So if you don't allow for that space to express and share your gifts, I mean, is what are you going to do? You're going to regret being. And that's the whole reason we're here. Yeah. We're here to be. Um, and there's also one more quote that says, throw something wild and wonderful out there. Mm. That's what you should yeah.
0: do. It, it, I love the wild part because it's so wild to think of like doing this thing that you don't think you're perfect at. That is the scariest and most wild thing you could possibly do. And guess what? Look what might happen. You might wind up doing all the delicious things that you've done. And and you wouldn't have been able to do that the very first day that you left Georgia Tech. And you wouldn't have been able to do that the first day you walked into that scrapbooking class. But look what you were able to do because you were willing to just be messy yeah i mean it's amazing and you end the book by saying trust the journey you are on keep going ah so what we need to hear i always say like you will be led to where you can serve the most and when you just said before would you not take a photo of your kid because there's already pictures of other people's kids and then i thought on an even more basic level, would you not have a kid because there's already enough kids and there's already enough people? It's like, no, you're like, I have this sense that I could put another person in the world who could add something. So you know intrinsically there's a reason and a value inherently in bringing human beings into this world, or at least a lot of people have that opinion. So then what? So, so then all of a sudden we ourselves decide that that's not true and there must not be a reason for me to be here. I'm an extra. There's no reason I don't, I don't belong. There's already been enough of whatever color I am. No. So, do you ever feel like the
1: universe guides you when you are doing those things and taking those chances? I mean, 100%. great things never come from comfort zones. And so if you're a little 100%. bit worried about it, guess what? No. It's probably something you should pursue. It's probably that thing that you should do, yeah. that you should try. Yeah. Why not?
0: I love that quote. Everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. I know. Yeah, It's
1: so good. So tell us where we can find you. Well, I'm at amytangerine.com. I have a YouTube channel. Come say hi. I love reading every single comment, even the bad ones. I get very few, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, come see me on Instagram. I'm there. I have this book, Craft a Life You Love. I hope you pick it up. And I have a new collaboration with Avery Products, which is one of another dream collaboration that we designed some back to school supplies, binders, folders, dividers, but they're not even for, you know, just people who are going back to school. I love being organized and I think that other moms can feel organized. And I just wanted to have these bright, colorful products that you know, inspire you in some way when you're looking at all the things that you need to get done or whatever you decide to file in these binders, schoolwork, uh, homework, I don't know. Anything that you want to keep track of you're can amazing. go into a binder, right? Move over Lisa Frank because
0: Amy <laughs> Tangerine is here. Those of you from the 80s who grew up with a traffic keeper. You yeah, that's right. About.
2: Heck yes. You're
0: amazing. Um, thank you for everything that you just shared. It was beautiful. It was so from the heart and so many delicious things to take away. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I love talking with Amy. She's just so lovable, easy to talk to. She should totally start her own podcast, right guys? She's amazing. Okay. So here are some takeaways. Number one, take a chance and go for it. What's the worst thing that can happen? Number two, be selective about what you want to do and where you want to thrive. Number three, it's okay to hit pause and just take time to make something out of all your memories. Number four, Be open to starting a conversation. Number five, have a strong vision for your end goal. Number six, find out where your heart sings. Make it a part of your everyday. Number seven, say yes to an opportunity if it provides freedom, fulfillment, or fun. Number eight, don't think of your price by the hours, but by the years of your experience. Number nine, give yourself permission to explore and share with the world. Great things never come from comfort zones. Number 10, believe in yourself. Let yourself be yourself. And number 11, throw something wild and wonderful out there. Guys, this is all super important. You know, I feel like everyone is just sort of like going a million miles an hour, but are we really stopping at all ever to just do things that make you happy? Take care of yourself. Like when Martha Beck was here, she said, joy is its own reason for being and we need to stop. And We need to take care of ourselves because that's truly, you know, we can all talk about making the world better and what's going on in Africa and what's going on with the political scene. What what really matters is like, are you taking care of yourself? Like, how's your own well-being? Like, what energy are you carrying around with you? I once heard Oprah say, be responsible for the energy you bring into a room. Imagine if everyone you knew, everyone who lived on your block, imagine if all of a sudden tomorrow, they all would take some time to start doing things that made them happy and to start working on the projects that they really wanted to work on and start putting their gifts into the world imagine if people did that every day a little bit how much brighter and lighter this world would be and people wouldn't be carrying around such heavy stuff you know it's like there's such unnecessary suffering and you know when Hannah Hart was here she said instead of trying to get a 100% result she said what if i just look for the 1% result like what if i could just get out of bed and take a shower. You know, this is when she was struggling with depression. But I feel like for all of us, like, what if you just look at it like a 1% result? What if I could just do some brain dumping today and like, put some thoughts down on paper on what my business is going to look like, or what my blog might say? Or what if I could just take some time today and take myself to a museum or, or open up my phone and download a meditation app and just do five minutes? Like, let's try to get that 1% result. And by the way, I'm doing a challenge right now on my Instagram to keep me accountable so I can try to eat better and do a little bit more self-care every day. So if you guys want to join in and be a part of it, I can keep you accountable too. So come on and find me at Kathy.Heller and we can keep each other accountable because when Carrie Bentley was here, she said you are 95% more likely to get a result if you're being kept accountable. So let's help each other to move through things and get better results for ourselves because why not? So now I want to talk about a couple of our listeners and their wins. It's honestly one of the best things about doing this show. So thank you to everyone for sharing them with me. So Goalie messaged me on Instagram, and the message said, "Hi Kathy, I finally launched my podcast, and you've been such a huge inspiration. I love listening to your advice every week, and it really gave me the confidence to do this. It's called Lessons from a Quitter, and it deals with people quitting careers that they hate. Hopefully, one day I can have you on. So thanks again. Oh my gosh, Goalie, I'd be honored to be on your show. I love the title, by the way, super awesome. Guys, go check her out. Her podcast is called Lessons from a Quitter. Like I said before, it's on iTunes, or you can listen on her website, lessonsfromaquitter.com. And I just want to." a big congrats to you on launching your podcast goalie because it's no small feat super proud of you and by the way we've got some amazing podcasts coming from those people who are in the everyone can podcast course that i've been teaching it's been so fun seeing these shows come to life super cool. Okay. We have another listener win from Zanetta. She said, hi, Kathy. I just wanted to say thank you for what you're doing. I'm an underwriter turned coffee roaster, Kitty town coffee. And I turned to don't keep your day job for inspiration. I found your show through the being boss podcast. And I completely resonated with your story. I was particularly inspired by your episode with Mike Lewis. And because of you, I actually just connected with when to jump and I'll be a featured food vendor for their next jump club. So that's incredible. Really? Thank you so much for telling us this. I love that this show is connecting amazing people with other amazing people and I can't wait to see what's in store for you guys. Let's give Zanetta some love. Her Instagram is at kittytowncoffee and her website is kittytowncoffee.com. I think all of you cat and coffee lovers are definitely going to dig what she's got going on. I absolutely love sharing these wins, so please keep them coming. You can DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller or post them in our Don't Keep Your Data Facebook group. If you have a win to share or if you have a question or you just want to say hi, I'm here for you and I literally answer every single one of my Instagram DMs myself. So come on over and say hello. If you guys want to come to this workshop, this three and a half week workshop I'm doing, honestly, like I've never done anything like this where it's like three and a half weeks, two and a half hours each time we're going to meet Tuesdays and Thursdays and it's only $25 a time. It's going to be packed with value, super fun. We'll get a chance to go through Lots of content. I'll answer questions. It's going to be an amazing experience. And it'll be so fun for me to get to share this with you. So, we've never done anything like this before. And I don't think we're going to do anything like this again. So, if you want to be a part of it, you can get all the details at slash workshop. Um, or you can find the link in the show notes here on iTunes or on our website. Please share this episode or any of our episodes with a friend if you think this podcast is awesome. Um, Don't forget to leave us an iTunes review. It really, really helps. And come follow me on Instagram because I'm trying to hit 10,000 followers um, because once I hit 10,000 followers, they give me like all these added like things I can do and I can do the swipe up feature. And I want to be able to say like, I'm somebody I can do the swipe up feature and then I can actually give you guys more free content. So I'm trying to get to 10,000. So thank you guys for supporting me. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. If you're new to the show, please subscribe on iTunes and share the podcast with a friend. Let's keep growing this amazing community together so more people can truly start living the life they deserve. You guys are the best. Um, Do something good for yourself this week and I'll talk to you later. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.
2: When your car won't start, when you broke your heart, the lights all turn to red. When you pay the cost, when your dream gets lost, spinning circles in your head.